I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 291 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that's coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, I hope everybody enjoyed their holiday season, had a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I have got an awesome guest for you guys to kick off 2020 here on First Class Fatherhood. Dr. Neil Reardon is a pioneer and an expert in the field of stem cell research. And I know that every parent at some point leading up to the birth of their child, they are asked whether or not they would like to pay to store the umbilical cord blood or tissue. Dr. Neil Reardon is the perfect guy to explain the difference between the two and the importance of it all. It's really an honor to have him on the podcast with me today. He is the best-selling author of Stem Cell Therapy, A Rising Tide. And you may have even heard him on Joe Rogan's podcast along with Mel Gibson. Dr. Reardon will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. Wednesday on the podcast will be our first Warrior Wednesday edition of 2020. Retired Delta Force operator and New York Times best-selling author Brad Taylor will join me here. He has just penned a new Pike Logan thriller titled Hunter Killer, which hits the bookstores tomorrow. Next week, I'm going to be joined by another WWE superstar. Back in September, I had Titus O'Neil. Next week, I will have Adam Copeland, better known by his ring name, Edge, He'll be joining me next week. Make sure you're locking in for that. And 2020, guys, it's just going to be a big year for First Class Fatherhood as I am working hard to scale things up. Please be sure you're following me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace, over on Twitter at Alec Lace. Check out my website, firstclassfatherhood.com, and I am currently uploading some content to YouTube, so please hit me with a subscribe over there. I cannot say thank you enough to all of you listeners out there who have continued to support me. Please help me spread the word about this podcast to every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list. Let them know about the show that is celebrating fatherhood and family life. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule, and every day is Father's Day. Right here with me, and I'm going to be right back with Dr. Neil Reardon. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. Dads, are you tired of taking supplements that never deliver? Well, Redcon One was created to ensure that you get real hardcore products that deliver real results. Trusted by four-time world's strongest man, Brian Shaw, and founded by supplement entrepreneur, Aaron Singerman, Redcon One is crushing the industry. You have to try their MRE bars, which are packed full of nutritious food sources that will replenish your system when you need it most. And they taste so good, your toddler will think they're eating a candy bar. But we're talking whole food meal replacement. And right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save 20% on their entire order from Redcon One. Simply use the promo code FATHER at the checkout. So let's go, dads. For the highest state of readiness, choose Redcon One. Visit Redcon1.com, use the promo code FATHER, and save 20%. Uh, joining me now, First Class Father, Dr. Reardon. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec. Happy to be here. All right, let's start right here. How many kids do you have and how old are they? I have four and they're 33, let's see, 33, 30, 28, and 25. Three girls and uh, the 28-year-old's a boy. And, well, ladies and men now, I guess. They're, they're all grown and... Uh, um, out thriving in the world, so yeah, very cool. Exact opposite of you there. I have uh, four myself, but I have three boys, and then we got the girl on the end. So 
Oh, and then uh, you, got, you got to finish then? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, that was it. I mean, uh, we didn't get around four. We'd have five by now, but we uh, we put a stop to it there. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Oh, uh, well, I've, enjoyed, of- I've enjoyed your podcast. I've listened to a couple of them here. Uh, I just thought I was actually saw Dana White out in Vegas. I was just out there for a medical conference and then got invited to the UFC fight. So that was kind of fun. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, after I had Dana on, he invited me to come meet him at uh, UFC in uh, Madison Square Garden, UFC 244. So we had a chance to hang out with him there. He's a really great guy, great father, first-class guy all the way around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what type of what type of uh, sports or activities were the kids into growing up? Well, you know, my oldest was into uh, was into cross country, and my my uh, my my son was into kind of everything but more more into guitar and that sort of thing uh and uh my youngest was a swimmer and uh my second one well my oldest two played softball together which you know that's great that, that's more fun for the parents i think it is for the kids but uh you know a little <laughs> bit of this a little bit of that the good thing is they're all really you know like super good students so they're self-motivated they didn't have to you know they, they actually work very hard in school and they've done they've done quite well because of it and i'm very lucky to have self-motivated kids because i I, I see other folks that maybe don't have the same self-motivation i know they struggle with trying to get their kids to study and that sort of thing but mine all just sort of did it on their own and uh my, my oldest daughter actually went to she she we were moving to england and she found uh she found a boarding school herself she wanted to go to a boarding school, so anyway, they're all pretty well traveled and and uh, they're all educated and out on their own. And thankfully, uh, Daddy got a raise when you know they get them all out of school. So, that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good stuff. Uh, if you could, Doctor Reardon, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Well, my main deal now is I've been an entrepreneur for uh, 20 years. I worked in a cancer research lab for 14 years. I saw some opportunities there that uh of some treatment options that I wanted to you know I licensed some of the some of the property the, some of the intellectual property that we had had done that created out of our research work there and so I started my own my own business 20 years ago in cell therapy we were the first to do dendritic cell therapy it's kind of a therapeutic cancer vaccine and um then from out of that we we had some series of patents on on isolation and growing stem cells because that was kind of the starting material. And so because of that, I got into the stem cell world, and I think that's where I spend most of my time is in Panama. We have a we've we've been in Panama now for 13 years. We have a we have a 15,000 square foot manufacturing uh, laboratory there. We have a an 8,000 square foot medical clinic. We see about 200 to 250 patients every month from pretty much all over the world, but, you know, probably 70% from the U.S. and Canada and the rest from elsewhere. We see a lot of athletes. Uh, we've done, uh, in the recent years, we, we finished a clinical trial uh, using these umbilical cord. They're called stem cells, but they're really not. They're mesenchymal cells, and uh, the, the, the nomenclature has changed yet. I don't want to confuse the audience, but for lack of a better term, we'll just call them MSCs, and these cells, we get them from live, healthy births, from from consenting mothers. They're tested, uh, they're they're heavily tested and screened, and and we multiply them in the laboratory, and then they're frozen down for later use. And 
So we just finished a clinical trial on uh, autism, and uh, that was published uh, in May of last year. Uh, prior to that, we finished a clinical trial on multiple sclerosis, and that was published maybe 18 months ago. Uh, we have, currently, we have a trial on rheumatoid arthritis that we're doing. Um, so that's that. That's most of my time. I have I have four other companies, but they're all kind of similar in the regenerative medicine space. So we have a company in the U.S., Signature Biologics, where we manufacture afterbirth products for doctors to use, um, mostly surgeons and wound care, that sort of thing. So I'm pretty much 100% in regenerative medicine uh, for the last at least 13 years or so. So. Yeah, it's incredible what you do, and thank God we have someone like you that's involved in this. And, you know, one of the things, uh, Dr. Reardon, a lot of parents are asked at some point leading up to the delivery of their child if they want to store the, the core blood or the umbilical cord tissue. Uh, that stuff can get pretty expensive. It, how important is that, and what's the difference between the two? Well, really good question, Alex. Um, and, and on the cord blood, that's those – those, the cord blood contains the stem cells. For example, if you, you've heard of a bone marrow transplant, right? If somebody has can cancer or, and they give whopping doses of chemotherapy and radiation, you can salvage the bone marrow because when you're giving those big doses of things to kill the cancer, you kill the bone marrow stem cells as well. So those are the cells that make all of your blood components. And if you don't replace those with a match, uh, you know, with a match, either bone marrow or the blood from umbilical cord, which has those cells in it, then you'll die from the treatment. So um, that the, the I think the odds of using that in a lifetime are something around between 1 in 200,000 and 1 in 10 million. Um, so it, it, it economically, you know, if, if, it's, if there's no economic, if it's not an economic hardship, then it, seems like a reasonable thing to do if it's if it's the difference between making your house payment or not i wouldn't i wouldn't do that for sure um then the for the the tissue it's the tissue has contains the cells that i work with the, the mscs and uh i think there are going to be a lot of clinical applications coming up and again if it's not an economic hardship i would i would do that um for sure, is store the tissue. I mean, I wish I had my, to be honest with you, I wish I had my umbilical cord tissue to make as many cells as I want, you know, for the rest of my life. Um, so, and, and you know, I'm in, a, I'm in a position to do that because I own a laboratory and a, and a, and a company, uh, and, uh, you know, I have companies in Panama where it's legal to do that. And I think ultimately things are going to open up here I don't, to be honest with you, I, I can't predict the future how long that's going to take. I think we'll probably get our, our first MSC cell therapy approved here maybe in three to five years, but it'll be limited. So that's a long answer. I, I guess the short answer is if it's not if it's not economically too onerous for you to do it, then it, it's an insurance policy and there may be some great stuff that you can do with your cells, your kids' cells later down the road. Yeah, very well said. And let me rein this back into you. About how old were you, uh, uh, Neil, when you became a father, and how did becoming a dad kind of change your perspective on life? Oh, boy. Well, uh, I think I was 27, um, and it pretty much changed everything. You know, I, you just, I don't think anybody can prepare for that. Or, or you, you, people could tell you all you want, but until you're an actual father, it, the, the change that happens is 
something you can't predict. Um, it certainly certainly changed all of my uh, focus on my from you know from myself and my wife to to you know this little one that you got to take care of, and uh, uh, so it changed, changed everything, and then have another one change everything, and have another one change everything. And, uh, I can tell you that all, you know all four of them are they're 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 all super smart and super like self motivated, but also super different. They're all they're very different from each other, and uh, that's been fun and challenging to you know to just to watch them grow and then. You know, it's so exciting now that to see them, they have their careers and they're 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 doing. You know, I think you're as a parent. You know, if if they if they're able to go off and do their own thing, um, and be a you know a good member of society, you've done a good job. And so I'm I'm pretty happy with how this all turned out. And uh, and they, they they never go away. You know, I mean, they're their children <laughs> forever. For for younger parents out there. Uh, um, you know, I don't know my my father. I think that generation was sort of more, you know, pretty hands off. Um, I don't recall ever asking my father for anything after the age of seventeen. You know, I graduated from high school and I paid for my own college. I did, you know, I worked my way through school and all that. And I, I but my, but you know, I kind of, I kind of overcompensated for my kids. And I was willing to pay for their, but pay for their their educations but only to a point you know uh and and anyway but uh, they're still you know they i'm happy i'm happy that we lived in several different places because they i think you learn so much and and you can be uh, your the flexibility of your brain improves dramatically if you visit you know different countries and and for example my, my youngest daughter we lived she lived in five different countries before high school, so she wow. got a lot of exposure. And she's she's probably the biggest traveler. She went to school in St. Andrews, so she was over in in Europe, and so she was able to travel a lot. And then she finished up in London. But uh, so I think you know I, I just love hanging out with them and uh, and and seeing you know how they grow and how they think. And uh, anyway, the best, best thing ever that I've ever done, I think, is is have my kids so and and ho- hopefully raising them in a way that they're 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 continue to be productive and wonderful people yeah well said doctor and, and you know one of the things too i talk about when i i know you're an entrepreneur yourself and when i have a lot of these uh high-flying entrepreneurs on the show here i mean my oldest is only 13 so he'll be hitting high school next year and that we start you know early conversations about college and from what i'm seeing right now um, the way that kids are getting buried in the college debt and they're they're majoring in minor things uh seemingly um, how do you kind of feel about the whole college? I mean, obviously, if you're going to be something like a doctor or one of the STEM, uh, 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 you know, uh, focuses, it seems like it's necessary. But uh, is college necessary, in your opinion, for children or kids to succeed in today's world? Uh, I, I think we need a lot fewer kids in college, to be honest with you. I mean, the the, the, the in my generation, a lot, you know, a lot of a lot of my friends didn't go to university at all and and i did it you know by hook or crook eventually you know what i mean but i started you know i went to college for a year i I, it was expensive and i and i you know i had to work to pay for it and then i went off and and i worked uh in the oil field you know to earn money so uh i don't think there's anything wrong with that i think you learn a whole bunch 
I, I learned a whole lot more from life, certainly, than I ever did from college. Uh, yeah. And uh, and I think there's there's plenty of things that people can do without college. I, I think if, if you can afford it and it's, you know, I, I, I can tell you I'm really happy none of my kids went to NYU and, and studied art history. I can tell you that. That, <laughs> I, that, I, that I would not have paid for because I don't know. I don't know how they're going to make a living doing that, but uh, – yeah, there there are, there are there are a lot of these uh, wacky majors for sure that I hear about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, let me ask you about, let me ask you about your book here, Stem Cell Therapy: A Rising Tide. What was the genesis of the book, and what is the book about? Hey, dads, are you looking to boost your energy level? Strikeforce Energy has got you covered. With a Strikeforce Energy Packet, you can turn any beverage into an energy drink. Their original energy packets contain no sugar, no calories, just an explosion of energy and flavor added to any beverage. Strikeforce Energy is veteran-owned, and all their products are made right here in the United States. Co-founded by Navy SEAL Sean Matson, Strikeforce Energy blows away the energy drink competition. Right now, First Class Fatherhood listeners can save... 15% off their purchase by visiting StrikeForceEnergy.com and using the promo code FATHERHOOD. Strikeforce Energy turns any beverage into an energy drink. Get yours today. StrikeForceEnergy.com, promo code FATHERHOOD. Um, and let, me ask you about, let me ask you about your book here, Stem Cell Therapy, A Rising Tide. What was the genesis of the book and what is the book about? Well, the book is, uh, it, it's, it's kind of temporal. It starts when I started, you know, like how I got started in the whole thing with doing the tumor immunology things and making the cancer vaccines. And then, uh, so it's, it's, it's a bit memoirish in the beginning, but each chapter is laid out to each chapter about each condition is laid out so that it can stand alone. For example, there's a chapter on autism, there's a chapter on rheumatoid arthritis, multiple sclerosis, heart failure, uh, lung diseases, and, and it's laid out so that my biggest motivation for the book was uh, I, I have conversations with people all the time and, and it seemed like I had the same conversation over and over and over again. And I thought, wouldn't it be wonderful if I gave somebody a resource and they could, you know, all this stuff that would be at the tip of their fingertips, they can read it and then we can have a really good conversation afterwards. So that was my biggest, uh, that, that was my biggest reason for, Writing a book, and I tell you, it's the best thing that I've ever done from from a you know just from a business standpoint because people they once they read the book they get it. It's written for the lay public, it's written for eighth grade. Um, you know, there, there maybe two words you have to learn to get through it. And all the rest of the words are just normal normal vernacular, and uh, and it it I I have raving fans who buy you know, buy a hundred books at a time and hand them out to their friends because they see this technology as being transformative. And I certainly do. I, I think that these cells have the capacity to reduce human suffering vastly. And uh, we're, we're, you know, we're in the infancy of it. I've been doing it for 20 years, but we're, we're still in the infancy of the, inter, of the, uh, you know, of the world. Uh, there, there, there's a, there's a proof, Approved product in uh, in South Korea. There's an approved product in Canada. One in New Zealand. Uh, now a couple in Japan. So, but there are yet there's yet to be uh, an approved product in the U.S. But I think once you once that happens, the, the economics. I, I think cells, not just the cells, but the cell 
the cell products, the things that the cells secrete, will ultimately replace a vast majority of the of the pharmaceutical industry. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's an exciting time to be here, and I love seeing all the results. And and you know, every time we go to Panama, it's it's story after story because we see, you know we see. Well, last year over 2,000 people, and you know, I I only meet a, a very small percentage of them. But when I do, it's always very gratifying. And and a lot of a lot of them got there because of the book. They got there because of the book, or they got there because they watched Joe Rogan. You know, when Mel Gibson went on Joe Rogan with me, and um, and 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 then and then they bought the book. So it's to me, it's it's great because it imports literally every. It's it's just my truth that I put down. Uh, my truth, my clinic's truth, or re- the research truth, and uh, people are able to, to grasp it. And you know, I had a UFC fighter call me the other day and and wanted to, you know, talk to me about treatment. I said, hey, why don't you read the book first? And then, you know, he he read the book and then called me back. We had a very intelligent conversation, and now we know what we want to, what he wants to do. So that's main main reason for the book. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, and it's awesome that you put it in a, a simple capsule form there because today it seems like. Uh, the order of the day is to come up with the, the catchiest headline, and people don't even read the story anymore. So I know that there's there's some pushback against the whole stem cell research and everything. Well, what, what why is such um opposition? Is it from big pharmaceutical companies? What is the uh, opposition that you face mostly doing all this? Well, so uh, the early opposition was from misunderstanding um, because stem cells, you know, back when George Bush. Uh, he basically banned further federal funding on embryonic stem cells that were outside of uh, this scope that they'd identified that had already been that already been created, and so everybody thought stem cells meant you know dead baby or you know or or an embryo that couldn't become a human. Well, these so I think we're over that now. Uh, we. You know, in 2015, we tried to get a bill introduced into the Texas legislature about adult stem cells because these fall in the category of adult stem cells. So the baby is born uh, healthy and, you know, mom delivers the afterbirth, which is normally going to the trash or into, you know, to incineration. That is collected, and that's what we use. So no baby is harmed. So I think the the early pushback was all about, the embryonic stuff. So you had the, you know, the most of the most of the, you know, the Catholic Church was against the Baptists. The Baptists were against most most religious people were very against the loss of life. Well, there is no loss of life here. In fact, the Catholic Church supports this research. Um, so we've gotten over that hurdle, and I think the public consciousness has changed enough so that that is no longer an issue. And we actually got a law passed in Texas that it's it. it it basically makes everything that we do in Panama legal to do in Texas. Unfortunately, we still have a federal law that 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 is over that. And uh, we made some amendments to that that bill this year. This year, and it was it was again. It's basically still on the books in Texas, but it's against federal law, and and nobody wants to be the first one to do it against federal law because, you know, <laughs> I'm not gonna. As a businessman, I'm not going to invest a bunch of money in a manufacturing facility that's going to be, you know, potentially be hacked up by the, you know, by the feds for some reason, you know. So yeah. that's 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 the deal. And, and there's a lot of money on the other side, you know. Hey, if the, the, 
the, the anti-rheumatic drugs are $14 billion a year, and if it's my $14 billion, I might not be happy about some other option, you know. So, um, and, and I think I, I, my prediction is all all of these, these biologic anti-rheumatics that cost $15,000 a shot every month will we'll go to zero. You know, there was a big clinical study of, of rheumatoid arthritis where they used these cells, and and you, you probably heard of like I'm not going to mention any names, but these drugs that they're, they're antibodies to two molecules, mostly TNF alpha, right? So this tumor necrosis factor is kind of a general of the immune system, and it kind of keeps it keeps the inflammation going. And so they, they they make antibodies to these, and you, if you just watch TV for a 24-hour period, you'll see all these ads. And the the top four selling drugs in the world are are the uh, this class of drugs, anti-rheumatics. And uh, anyway, a trial using this uh, using these cells reduced one single infusion reduced that that bad that bad actor, the TNF alpha, by 50%, and a second infusion dropped it another. 25% and then made all the subjects asymptomatic. And that persisted for this study was only eight months long, but we have patients now that are eight years out who they're treated one time and they never have to go back on any anti-rheumatic uh, drugs. So that's the trial that we're finishing up right now in, in Panama is for the rheumatoid arthritis. So, you know, it's only human nature that there's an economic, there's going to be an economic pushback against uh, when you're making a ton of money and you have a ton of money, you're gonna you're not gonna be too thrilled about the next thing that will that will reduce your revenues by a lot. You know? Yeah, this is why it's incredibly important what you're doing. It's just amazing that you know you're passionate about what you're doing and you're helping you know countless lives and will continue to do so for uh, many years to come. And uh, well, you know, I know we got into this a little bit. I wanted to ask you one more question about uh, you as a father here. What type of uh, – I know it takes a lot of discipline to do what you do for a living. So what type of disciplinarian were you as a dad with the kids growing up? You a spanker, a timeout guy? How would you kind of handle discipline? Uh, no, I never was a spanker. Uh, it was a timeout deal. Uh, and, uh, you know, just – well, I like the carrot bigger than better than the stick, too, you know. So there were, <laughs> we set up goals for them to, you know, for, for certain – milestones and they would get rewarded and i think that that always worked better for me and uh uh and to be honest with you i don't think i was that much of a disciplinarian it was just you know if they acted up or something then uh but yeah they're like i said i was super lucky as far as them being self-starters because i can't imagine i have a really good friend of mine who's who's son in schools you know just does not thrive and i and and i know that she spends an inordinate amount of time trying to motivate him, and I never had that challenge. So um, I don't know what I'd do in that case, but uh, and very cool. And what, 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 a, what, uh, my my father was not he was my father was very much against any sort of corporal punishment, even though. So it's funny because my father would never spank, and he, he my father was a psychiatrist. He, he and he was very anti-spanking, but yet we went to school in my day. And we got the hell beat out of our teachers, our gym teachers. <laughs> so now I guess that's all banned. But when when I was in school, that was still a part of the deal, and 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 nobody ever said a word. And now I think you you couldn't even look at a kid funny without getting written up or something. So yeah, different world. 
Very true. Very true. And what type of goals or plans do you have for the future here as far as you have any other books, uh, any documentaries in the making? What's, what, what kind of goals or plans do you have for the future here? Uh, well, you know, my, I'm just putting my head down and getting clinical trials done is the main thing. We we just built out a new uh, – because we've been completely full without any advertising for the last five years, and, and we've been – we have a waiting list, so we built – a new space out, a, a new space out in a very large, a $400 million uh, hospital uh, complex that's going to, it's the grand opening's next month. We have a 12,000 square foot space over there. And we plan on doing a lot more in the spine world because uh, uh, so that basically you need, you need certain facilities if you're going to be injecting in the spine. So we've got some studies set up for that and spine pain, back pain, lower back pain, neck pain. It's such a huge problem that we, and we've never been in that space, and we're going to start getting into that space uh, clinically down in Panama. And then here in the U.S., I have a company that, uh, you know, we figured out this, this – we figured out a way to manufacture cells. So one of the big problems with with um, going through any regulatory, in, in, like FDA or any regulatory body, is that there's the the, the – when you when you take an umbilical cord and you grow, let's say enough cells to treat 300 people, and then you take another umbilical cord, grow up enough cells to treat 300 people, then you have a new drug for every 300 people, and they don't like that. So w- one thing that we've developed in my my skunk works lab in Dallas is a cell a way to select cells that can grow. We so far we've grown enough cells to treat the entire planet. So we can then go to do clinical trials. It's the same drug for for all parts of the trial, and once it gets approved, it's the same drug. There's no difference between them. You know, the the, the agency calls it the heterogeneous. Basically, you have a, a drug that's not exactly the same. So with the, with this with one of these cell lines, which we're we're testing a lot right now, one of these cell lines will be able to go from you know clinical trial all the way to therapeutics with it and uh so that's my goal in the next five years is to do everything i can to get a product approved in the u.s uh, and get a lot wider lot broader use um and i don't plan on writing another book now i do plan on uh updating the rising tide with new stuff here in another couple years Okay, very cool. Yeah, I'm going to drop a link uh, to the Rising Tide in the in the description of today's podcast episode. I think uh, it would be uh, beneficial to all parents to just tap the link and then pick it up and take a read. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Dr. Reardon, I'd love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Just get ready, buddy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I don't know. I think I, but probably my biggest advice is to go with the flow because if you overthink it, it uh, that, that always got me in trouble trying to overthink something. So uh, go with the flow and uh, and uh, and hopefully your wife breastfeeds because, man, that's the best thing a father can have right there, that gift. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah very was, well said. My mom was a big uh, breast cancer. Uh, no, a uh, breastfeeding she, she literally wrote the book on human lactation it's called human lactation by jan reardon so we were a breastfeeding family and and thankfully my wife was a breastfeeder and uh that sure that sure helped out but uh but just go with the flow and enjoy it awesome
awesome. Yeah, I love the message. It's been an honor for me. i got to say, Dr. Neil Reardon, you are a first-class father all the way, and thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you, Alec. Really appreciate it. Take care. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Dr. Neil Reardon for giving me a few minutes of his time here. That was such an honor. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me a DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's podcast. I always love to read your feedback. Lock it in for Wednesday. I'll be dropping episode 292 on you guys with First Class Father, New York Times bestselling author and combat veteran Brad Taylor, who's got a new book dropping tomorrow. Don't miss out on that. Next week, as I said, WWE superstar Edge will be here. Follow me on Instagram to find out all the upcoming guest announcements. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers. Feelings.